Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. Happy Halloween, Sarah. Happy Halloween, Rebecca. I can't believe that it is nearly the end of October already. And by nearly, I mean, we have two weeks left, but hey, that's been flying by 50 percent there the ghost tours are completely sold out it's amazing we've had over what 700 people buy tickets so big shout out to everybody who's helped us in that department coming on the tours and buying tickets for the virtual tours we really appreciate your support trying to make back some cash from covid yeah the way that Anoka Halloween is even bigger than the ghost tours and that it's a hundred plus years old now. As our guest, uh, John Jost says, he would still like to consider this the hundredth celebration because if you take World War II into account, we're, we're still at a hundred celebrations, maybe not a hundred years, but he's still <laughs> celebrating the hundredth year. <laughs> John Jost recently spearheaded and was so instrumental in putting together the 100th anniversary book for Anoka Halloween. And Rebecca, I know you sat down with him and had a really fun conversation all about that and how he got interested in Halloween. John is such an easy person to talk to. He's such a kind soul. And he loves Halloween. It was really fun to hear about him going trick-or-treating as a little guy and some of his stories about grandma too. Well, let's get into it. Sounds good. Well, I have the pleasure of sitting down today with John, Mr. Halloween Jost, and we are going to do a little post 100 chit chat. So is this, are you calling it the 100 plus one or the 101st or what's the vernacular this year? You know, I know it's about semantics, but I'm trying to call this the hundredth, the hundredth, because it's technically the one hundredth festival this year, because um, they took off the two years during World War II, so counting 1920 through 2021, we have one hundred festivals. So I'm kind of like 2020 redo with a dux. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And then you don't have to reprint any of your publication or anything either, right? 100 year part two. I love it. So what are you guys up to this year that makes 2.0 amazing? At this moment, it's going to look a lot like traditional Halloween festivals in Anoka. The parade as normal, um, some of the events, other events as normal, you know, some of the new events that took a break with pumpkin the giant pumpkin way off and scarecrow contest and adult pumpkin carving that's back. So we'll have, uh, I think it's about 30 events and those are going to be back. Um, one thing missing this year is the Halloween orange tie ball. That's unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, get the proper accommodations and such in time and plan for it in time and, and, and have certainties with the pandemic. So that one, that one got scrapped until next year. I think we're feeling that at the museum too, that if the COVID comes around and gets out of hand again, we've already done this. 
Mm-hmm. So we can just roll out last year's plan and it feels a lot less stressful in some ways. Right. We're not, we're not creating the wheel this year. Uh, it might be a, a sad ride, but at least we've, we've, we've taken that road trip before. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because it was a wonderful <laughs> festival for 100 years. It really was. But you but got the wheels it, at least now. It was, it was definitely muted though into years from years past. I have this picture of you in like the Flintstones car with your feet, like, <laughs> paddling underneath oh for sure (laughs) oh yeah you know (laughs) John I'm curious I don't think I've ever asked you this how did you get into Halloween as a holiday yeah so just kind of going back back to the beginning I recall being at my grandparents house um, in North Anoka this would have been 1982, and they got a knock at a door, and there was, it was a school kid selling, you know, the Halloween buttons. And so I saw my grandma buy the button and put it on the, the table, and I went over there and took a look at it and asked what this was all about. And you know, my grandma explained, well, it's the kids, they sell the buttons for school, and that, that, that's what I knew of it. And uh, within a couple of years myself, um, I was I was selling those pins my, myself for school. Halloween before going to school, you know, doing trick or treating, I think is a pretty normal experience that most kids throughout the United States experience. So I didn't have anything special memory to say about that, other than a special Halloween memory of, of doing Halloween trick or treating and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, once once I started selling them in school, you know, every year I, I bought one myself, so I had a pretty good collection going. Kind of looked forward to the annual button. That was really what kind of, that's kind of what kept me going. And then in 1999, I ended up moving to Ohio. And before I moved to Ohio, I felt like the Anoka Halloween button collection I had should probably stay in Anoka because I didn't think I was coming back. So I ended up selling that that collection. Two months out there, things didn't work out the way I thought they would. So I ended up moving back to Anoka. And now I don't have my Halloween buttons anymore. Oh, no. So I, I, I ended up hanging out in the antique shops and some other stores and over, you know, the next 10, 15 years, slowly building back my, my, my collection. And I ran into Liz McFarland at one of the uh, stores. It was called uh, Kyle's Collectibles. He sold kind of sports memorabilia and some Anoka memorabilia. And she says, boy, if you like the Anoka Halloween buttons, you should come join our committee. Well, I, I have thought, my entire life to be on the Halloween committee was, was something like knighthood. You, you, you had to be a prominent business owner. I, I didn't think <laughs> a, a schlub like me could, could get in there. And so anyhow, she had said you should come. And so I, I came to a, a parade meeting and that first year I just helped with the parade. And then, uh, you know, I showed that I was definitely interested and, and it would be up for something else. And so then I started attending the committee meetings and next thing you know, they said, Hey, this hundred years coming up in, in four years. Um, boy, we need somebody who, who could maybe help us with that. Uh, who'd like to take that on? And I was thinking, well, I don't have much to do. And that's four years from now. That It'll be no big deal. That'll be me. What, what do you, what, what, what should we do? And uh, Liz and the other folks said, you know, I think it'd be proper that we put together kind of a nice history book and, and, and do some sort of uh video or, or recording something we have online uh, a movie of some sorts and I was like oh yeah yeah no no problem 
Well, then I spent the next four years pretty much in the cave. <laughs> the uh, archiving cave. Yes, d digging and digging and interviewing and interviewing. And it did, it lasted, it was a four year long project um, right to the end. Um, and, and even though we had a pandemic, it was a, it was a wonderful 100th anniversary for Halloween. We had a special event with the uh, ringing of the bells, the way the original one was inaugurated. And uh, it was nice to, to kind of ring, ring that in. And so today I'm at this point, I'm, 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 I'm part of the past with that too. And, and, but I'm a helper. So whatever they need me for is what I'm, what I'm, what I'm here for. It's neat to watch people like you have such a, a passion for the event and, you know, it's kind of an open secret that Halloween's not my favorite holiday. So podcast world, I apologize, but it's, it's so fun to watch people be invested in a holiday and spend all year planning it and watch it come to fruition and watch it be successful every year. Yeah. It's, it's amazing because Halloween in Anoka isn't a choice. <laughs> and, and so if you, if you don't like it, that's okay. But um, it, it, it's ingrained into what it's, what it is to, to, to be a citizen of Anoka. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I do not know a life without Halloween being a really big deal. And so when I have worked at, at places where they weren't in Anoka or talked to people who weren't from Anoka and, you know, just got discussing Halloween and they would you know, blow it off or say it's not something I really celebrate or, or have anything to do with. It, it, it like doesn't compute with me because like I said, it's not really an option when you're, when you're from this town and, and you were, you know, I, I was almost born with it. So it's, <laughs> it just is. <laughs> well, it's, it's an insult to the heritage, you know, in, in your personal style and that whole tradition. You know, it was very ritualistic going to school in Anoka. I mean, everybody, I mean, I, I don't recall any classmates that, that weren't very, very excited for the idea of, hey, you're going to dress up in the morning. We're going to go march in the parade around lunchtime, and then you get to go home. I mean, that alone <laughs> was something to look forward <laughs> National to. National holiday. Right, right. There was no other holidays or any other events that I recall from my entire Anoka, you know, grade school memories that we left school early for the day afterwards that that was it it was halloween because because it was halloween what was your favorite halloween costume that you wore it's probably not a favorite but most memorable is the one we got and i had a few years where we got these kind of go up to snyder's and buy the 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 uh costume in a box it's the one piece vinyl with the cutout for the face and then you put on a plastic mask and i just always remember that mask getting so steamy and you can't see anything you just you're just focusing on the people in front of you marching because you can't you have no peripheral vision whatsoever so i from my memory they weren't even anything like frankenstein or dracula it was just some made-up monster thing basically like a moo, moo that didn't go over your head it, stayed, it just stayed on one piece <laughs> sounds plastic, horrible plastic moo, moo that sounds horrible i grew up with a mother who sewed I didn't get the costumes from the drugstore. I wanted the costumes from the drugstore. That was what the cool kids wore. Mm. But my mom decided that sewing my costume every year was appropriate. And more importantly, she was very thrifty. So she bought one costume pattern and then adapted it for about three years. 
I, well, I'll tell you now on this side of the fence, I would have been very jealous of that because I, those costumes too, they took some effort. So costumes like yours, a lot of the times the moms and dads would come to class during parade day to help assemble that. Oh, they, sure. Where mine was basically like open up the grocery bag, throw it over yourself and put on the mask. <laughs> the end. <laughs> In retrospect, I completely appreciate the time and effort that was put into these costumes. <laughs> and having gone to St. Stephen's, um, they always encourage us to, to, to be saints. So dress up as your favorite saint. I, I don't recall a single costume of such ever. And it's funny because every year they would say that. They'd say, hey, you know, we don't really want anything gruesome. Um, you know, try, dress up as something, you know, somebody, somebody you'd like to emulate or whatnot. And, well, and Anoka does so well about keeping it family friendly mm -hmm. and really creating that culture to go along with the fun. Yeah, we don't, when you think of like... Uh, zombies and gore and blood and guts yeah anoka's halloween tradition doesn't match that not one bit i mean more ghosts and hobos <laughs> than than terminators and uh jasons you know that kind of thing it's definitely more of a cast casper friendly ghost uh, uh halloween versus the uh you know zombie apocalypse have you guys ever gotten any pushback from that Anoka Halloween really was formulated not only to be family friendly, but to create this diversion, right? To get kids out, keep them busy versus um, the pranks that they were doing. So it's the idea behind it was never to, to be as scary as possible to scare people. It was really to keep them busy. And so it was, it was always about having fun and, 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 and stuff for the whole family to do. It's interesting to me that that many generations later, the core of why the event came up in the first place is still being honored. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I certainly, before before being an adult, I had no idea of Anoka Halloween history. I couldn't have, I couldn't have tell you. I, I, I knew my grandfather knew something about it. So, I mean, I knew it was, all, it was something in Anoka at least that long, but you know, I don't, my worldview wasn't outside of Anoka. So I could, I, I imagine the whole world was doing this on, on Halloween. You know, if it's, it isn't until you're watching television or, or, or going somewhere else for Halloween that you see how things are different and or non-existent for, for Halloween practices. That's really interesting that it would be a shock to see the non-Halloween of the rest of the world. So do you, in the five-year plan of Anoka Halloween, do you guys see yourselves inventing new events coming up? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because the, the better we get at it, the more people it brings. But the more people it brings pushes to capacity what, what, what can be handled in the city with uh, safety and, and um, accommodations. So, I mean, you know, a normal year brings 60,000 people into downtown Oka for the parade. You, you add much more to that, and there's just not places for people to park. I definitely have visions of grandeur of someday having a Halloween museum in town where year-round people can come to Anoka and, and, and see its Halloween history and, and, and know that this is the Halloween capital world and, and see it through the, the, the proof in the streets and the proof in the museum and whatnot. 
five-year plan, I mean, I think there are some people who are really active in trying to make it a festival that's, that's bigger and accommodating for more people. Like we, they've already started some of the shuttling. People can park elsewhere and they're shuttling people into the parade. So I think that we'll, we'll, we'll see more of that. And you know, this museum idea that, that we've had, you know, I think could someday come to fruition. Actually, there's a, a very prominent Halloween historian and museum owner out in Pennsylvania. She's known as the Halloween Queen. And one of our committee members has is in pretty close contact with her, and she's interested interested in moving to Anoka, moving her museum to Anoka, and combining Anoka Halloween with her museum, and basically running it full time. But we would need to have a facility for her. You know, Anoka Halloween does pretty well in supporting its own festivals and the, the scholarships that they do, but um, something big like an actual full standalone building. Um, maybe in the future. It sounds like there's a growing pains issue of how do we keep it feeling like a small town celebration, but accommodate all of the interest without losing our souls to the commercialization that is inevitable. Yeah. I mean, you have to also consider the citizens themselves, right? I mean, you, you, you bring in 60,000 people that you have to watch the parade and you're and you're a resident here. You know you might not be able to get anywhere near your house or leave your house for a three four hour period while this is occurring. I could see a syndicated parade. I'm thinking like Macy's Grand Day, you know, and you end up with this big syndicated parade on TV or on the internet, YouTube, something like that, and then you could encourage people to watch virtually. Yeah, and you know, and that that's part of the puzzle too that no one could see 18 months ago, which is. People may never return to a t- to a time where they want to be shoulder to shoulder, ten people deep. Yeah, I think COVID in some ways was a huge gift of experimentation, mm-hmm. especially for the technology that we were all able to step back and toss things together and see what worked. And now we can take the ideas that we kind of crafted last year and we can move them forward and we can keep the good ones. Absolutely, yeah. There. This is definitely a way to accommodate more people um, because if you had access to uh, um, QCTV, for instance, you, you could watch the parade. Maybe maybe hundreds, maybe thousands more people who would have never gone to the parade watched it this year. And it's always on QCTV, but knowing that that was how you know a lot of people felt comfortable last year, absolutely, that, that could be more, like you're saying, a Macy's parade where you know, how, how many people in their lifetime actually make it to that parade in person, but how many people can say they, they have not seen that? I, even I can say I've seen that, and I'm, I'm not a parade aficionado by any means. <laughs> <laughs> it's always on in the background while you're cooking. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm all for the museum idea. You know, why not? Maybe they're coming from Kansas. And they're like, you know what, we're going to head up to this town of Anoka, Minnesota, and see the Halloween capital, and they, they roll into town, and you know, on Saturday, the chamber's not open, so that's, there's a lot of Halloween stuff in there. Depending on hours, the historical society might not be open. And right. yes, we have the pumpkin roundabout now. That's incredible. We love that. And then, of course, the big plaque when you come in off 169 Anoka, there's a big board that shows Halloween capital. And then, of course, if you're popping off Highway 10, the side of that uh, strip mall has a nice mural on it. 
so yes, you see that, but yeah, if somebody's coming in for the weekend outside of Halloween for, for a Halloween experience or a Halloween destination, we could we could work on that a little bit, I think. What else Halloween-y would be interesting? My my favorite is is the constant eye rolling at the idea that Anoka is the Halloween capital of the world, right? I mean, you go outside of Anoka, first of all, have they even heard of a town called Anoka? And then <laughs> how the heck do they claim themselves to be the Halloween capital of the world, right? And and I just I just love I just love that history part of it, how legitimately legally anoka is the halloween capital of the world so it's, it's, it's <laughs> well at least now we do have the legal side of it you know it's not just tradition and hearsay right now right right so you uh, oftentimes you'll hear a lot of stories on anoka and they'll <clears throat> they'll start off with anoka the self-designated halloween capital of the world no no i, I hear that all the time it's like self-designated true however Congressional declaration does back it, you know, so legally, <laughs> legally, it, it, it is a fact, you know, so it's, but, you know, a lot, the rest of the world probably has ideas of Halloween being more like the Salem or the Hell, Michigan or Orlando, for instance, a humongous Halloween festival. And we don't, we're not, we're not even in competition with that. And, we, and those things are awesome traditions. And we would never say to somebody, so say something despairingly, despairingly about those traditions. It's just ours is just something different, and, 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 and you know there's there, there's a history behind why we are what we are, and um, that's what I so cherish and what, what's what's so neat to, to to educate people who probably most times aren't looking for that education, but when they they roll their eyes at me, they're gonna <laughs> they have to hear me out now. It's your trigger. The eye roll starts the tape rolling. <laughs> right, exactly. I think the word is spreading. I mean, it's, you know, at one time I thought trivial pursuit question. Now I would think if you're into Halloween, no matter where you are, you're going to, know, you're going to quickly learn about Anoka if you hadn't already. So if they can look forward to an event every year that that is just fun and lighthearted and intended to fill a happiness void, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. That, that's really what Halloween is about. Is it, it is about about joy. I mean, really, it is about joy. I mean, get get your fun out of it one way or another. I'll I'll tell you, and I'll be honest. Before I was involved with the parade, parade day was a day I knew that I needed to not be in Anoka. So I mean, we it was a tradition for us to do a road trip that day. So it was, <laughs> you know, I I always scooted out of Anoka. You know, and so whatever whatever brings you joy with Anoka Halloween is is. is is its purpose for today well that's why you have all the events you do right you can cherry pick what you need yeah if you're in the costumes they got the costume contest if you're in the wine they have wine tasting if you're into art you can paint a picture if you're if you're in the bingo they got halloween bingo i mean there, there's something for everybody well john this was really interesting to sit down and talk to you about not necessarily the nitty-gritty history details of it but just kind of the overarching what anoka halloween is all about on the backside. so thank you for your time this was really enjoyable well thanks for having me and we will see you on the street somewhere in october you'll see me out there read all about it in the anoka county library minute hello i'm lydia potoff Adult Services Librarian at Anoka County Library Northtown Branch. And this is your Anoka County Library Minute. First up, 
Of course, we have Anoka Halloween, 100th anniversary, 1920 to 2020 by John T. Jost. It's loaded with the history of the festival, photos, and the memories of those who have participated over the years. This is the book for everyone who wants to experience this special event, from those who are first encountering Anoka Halloween to those who want to stroll down memory lane. Next, we have Taste of Home Halloween, Freaky Fun, 103 Meals, Snacks, and Sweets. The Halloween cookbook includes chapters on pumpkin carving, pumpkin-flavored treats, party planning, and adult beverages. Extreme Pumpkin Carving by Vic Hood and Jack Williams. This book is for those who want to take their jack-o'-lantern skills to the next level. It includes 20 different patterns and step-by-step instructions. After applying the tips and tricks in this book, you'll impress your friends and scare your neighbors. Creative Bug is a subscription database available for free to Anoka County Library card holders. It includes more than a thousand instructional videos for most arts and crafts. You can take an art class when the time is right for you. There are several dozen videos on costume making, Halloween home decor, face painting, pumpkin carving, and cake decorating. In our movie collection, we have hundreds of horror and slasher flicks, but this list is going to be restricted to the family-friendly movies. First up, we have The Addams Family. The stories of the aristocratic, lovable, and eccentric clan who delight in the macabre and are unaware or indifferent that others find them bizarre or frightening have been entertaining audience since Charles Adams published the original New Yorker cartoons in 1938. Whether it's the original television series from the 60s or the movies of the 90s, Halloween CDs that include the iconic theme song to the 2019 animated film whose sequel is playing in theaters now, we have it at the library. Next up is Hocus Pocus. Teenage Max has recently moved to Salem, Massachusetts from Los Angeles and inadvertently resurrects three evil 17th century witches on Halloween. With the help of a magical cat, Max and his crew steal the trio's book of spells to try to prevent the witches from becoming immortal. This 1993 fantastical comedy became an instant cult classic. And finally, we have It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. The actual classic of the genre has the trick-or-treating Peanuts gang disagreeing on the likelihood of the Great Pumpkin's Halloween appearance, Linus revealed as the true believer, and all the hallmark philosophical humor we expect from the 1996 film. Always good for a comforting laugh, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown is more than a movie. With viewing parties, a beloved family tradition for more than two generations now. Happy reading and listening. Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anocacountyhistory.org. You I were can- talking. <laughs> okay, you go. No, no, you go. Oh. I might keep this in. <laughs> I can't believe that we are at episode 22 already with this podcast. Sarah, it seems like just yesterday we started our baby. Which means there are only four more episodes left for this year. And then we'll have season two of History 21, the podcast. Does it get better? Of 
course it does. Uh, How do you know? We have no content planned. <laughs> uh, there are so many stories in Anoka County, and I know you know, listeners, people that have those stories. So I guess this is the shout out. We need your stories, humans. There are so many corners and crevices and nooks and crannies of the county that we just don't know about. So we need you to talk to your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers and the family members you don't like and bring those stories to us, whether we do the interviews or whether you interview the other humans and we just bring the conversation into the podcast. We are open for ideas. People come to the Historical Society and they're like, I want to research this thing. And then many, many times we have something, but there are those times where we just don't have anything. And uh, they look at us with these sad eyes. All I can do is say, nobody's donated that to us or told us about it yet. Save us from the sad-eyed people. (laughs) Thank you guys for coming with us on this journey. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye, guys. If you have a question, want to visit our show notes page for each episode, or would like to share your own story, go to anokacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our Vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras, as well as the latest digital resources at History 21, the Vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future.